Today's episode of Wrestle Ramble is sponsored by Wrestling Arcade's Kickstarter project Pro Wrestling's Greatest Moments, a pixelated guide. Wrestling Arcade is a fantastic Twitter account which I've been a fan of for years that recreates classic wrestling moments in glorious 16-bit graphics like the Super Nintendo and Mega Drive, or the Sega Genesis for our American friends. You know, the golden age of video games. You may even recognize Wrestling Arcade's work from the intro of Being the Elite, and now Wrestling Arcade have launched a Kickstarter for a coffee table book version of their work, which will cover classic moments from WWE, WCW, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, New Japan, NXT, AEW, and more. The book will contain nearly 400 pages of moments hand-created in pixelated goodness. The book has already had support from the likes of Sasha Banks, Zack Ryder, Joey Janela, and Kenny Omega, so why not show your support too? Head on over to WrestlingRK.com for more more information. You can support Pro Wrestling's Greatest Moments, a pixelated guide from as little as six bucks. So support Wrestle Talk and support Wrestling Arcade. That's WrestlingArcade.com for more information. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. It's Kyle O'Reilly. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff Jarrett. I'm Rocky Asuka Romero. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk, home of Lou Gowen. Support Wrestle Talk, whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Lou Gowen is, quote the Raven. Nevermore. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. But you really should support Wrestle Talk, and you should follow them and subscribe right now. Ali told me to say this, so I guess it's okay. Support Ali. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Make sure you watch and listen to Wrestle Talk. Or better yet, take just a moment, stop what you're doing, and bask in their glory. Do us all a favor and subscribe. Congratulations, you got here. Now subscribe and support. Thanks. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I'm good. I'm admiring your shirt. Oh, thank you very much. I didn't see it when we were recording the, the video version of the show because you're slightly to the right. Mm. It is a wonderful white t-shirt. The... Shoulders are perfectly fitting where they need to be. Sort of. They should, should be. Just a, well, I, I need did to try, tailor that in. I did try to put on the small, but my nipples were on show, so uh, I well, decided against that. That's how we. That's the seven hundred fifty thousand <laughs> subscriber reward for everyone. Uh, does that? Can we make a, a jingle out of that? Seven fifty for Luke's nipples Nipplies. getting. Yeah, seven fifty for <laughs> Luke's, Luke's nippy. <laughs> Get a nippy for seven fifty, <laughs> uh, but of course it's got the the cool Wrestle Talk fist logo it has. on on your left teat. Yeah, it's, it's a nice T-shirt, mate. Good quality. I, you know what? So Fakador is a stylish man. He right? is a stylish man. He's got a style, mm-hmm. and he he fulfills that style to the the good quality of its concept. And I was like, that's the sort of style I think our fans should look like nice yeah yeah so i i said to i got the the t-shirts mocked up and it was a really big logo like it took up like a rock uh tattoo on his his left breast Mm -hmm. and it was huge and i said laurie what what feedback would you give on this and he was like make it much smaller move it to the right (laughs) and yeah it looks perfect now. looks so much better what a stylish stylish man uh eventually i'll i'll put them on sale (laughs) 
It's the next job. Oh, <laughs> merchandise. Oh, I hate making money. Uh, it's really <laughs> difficult to manage. Um, we were talking about something in the office, and then we said, we'll save that for the podcast. But I can't Ooh. remember what it was now. Uh, you got a text about that was AEW's it. It was, trailer. Yes, I sent the AEW trailer to my friend, which we talked about on the AEW bonus episode yes. we did. And, um, yeah, he got back to me. I can actually read you the message. Um, so this is because he's a lapsed fan. He's a lapsed fan. We're very curious about how AEW appeals to that sort of wrestling fan. Yes. Um, and he said, quote, I actually quite like that. It had the energy and feel of 1990s WWF. Huh. And then said, I liked that the wrestlers looked unique and individual compared to, as an outsider looking in, how the current WWE lineup feels a bit copy and paste. Oh, that's a really good insight because yeah. I would disagree with the first point because mm-hmm. I don't think it. I think that's just a limited reference point. But I think I kind of agree with him to the point of there's that shot of Joey Janela doing the big elbow drop through some tables mm. on the outside off a ladder. That's and a that point. to me feels like that's a shot right out of 2000 WWF. So I, I kind of agree with him on that point. I definitely agree with how they've made a lot of their characters feel really distinctive. Mm. There's a, there's a sh- there's like a sort of rapid fire montage of clips where loads of different people are coming out, and they all look so visually distinctive. Yeah, like Chris Jericho with his big spiky jacket, uh, awesome Kong. Yep. And uh, this is one of the things I really liked. He said, by the way, it might even get me back into wrestling. Ooh. Because he uh, did tell him it was going to be on ITV. Well, we think it's going to be on ITV anyway. Didn't they say that? I they, can't it's not still, it still hasn't been con- officially oh, confirmed. Okay. It's kind of like expected. Be like ITV4. It, well, yeah, yeah. ITV4. I, I think it's basically expected, but they haven't said, yeah, we're going to air that on October 2nd at 1 a.m. I guess they had to. October 3rd, it would be for us. Yeah, they had to sort out the TNT side first. Yes, exactly. They haven't even got a name, really. Maybe they're waiting for that. Yeah. Also, um, you, I thought this email might interest you. It comes in from Paul, who says, uh, to the first one, the other one, the masked one, the young ones, uh, but that Randy one can stay in his box. While discussing the recent AEW news of their forthcoming wrestling match event kerfuffle at the Capital One Arena in Washington, D.C., Luke made a glaring mistake about the location of the event. I hasten to add, I didn't make the error. Uh, I like how that usually deflects onto you. It really does, yeah. Uh, This mistake led to excitement about the possibility of Daniel Bryan joining AEW. This mistake is sadly a common one, even in the US. Washington, the city, is not the same as Washington, the state. The city version is a grimly disgusting slum of a city on the (laughs) 8th coast, and it's full of crime. Uh, And I'm not talking about politicians. Laughing face emoji. In contrast, Washington State is a beautiful northwest corner of the US with a plethora of breathtaking sights. For Luke's understanding, this wasn't my mistake. Think Vancouver. You do need to learn. (laughs) Think Vancouver and Banff rolled into one place with better mountains. It's not our fault we have the same name. It's also 2,300 miles away as the bird flies. To put it in wrestling terms, Daniel Bryan from Aberdeen, Washington, whereas the Velveteen Dream is from DC. Let me explain it this way. Imagine if instead of London, it was named Scotland. Now imagine the confusion and irritation it would be caused by everyone getting them confused. There's nothing like people in Scotland, blah, 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 blah. Well, here's what I would say. We were clever enough not to name it Scotland. We had the foresight not to name two places within 2,000 miles of each other the same thing. Yeah, I, I guess the US's fault really is a quite systemic, yeah. historic one in that they're just, they just made it up recently. We've got centuries behind what oh, our places yeah. are called. Exactly. There's like several different versions of names of our cities because languages have fallen in and out <laughs> of favour. We've got a doomsday book oh, yeah. from 10... 11th century that lists all of these 
places. London wasn't originally called London. Londinium. And it wasn't even the capital. It was no. Birmingham. Yeah. So, yes, but like the US just steal loads of other people's names. Yeah. New York. York. We've got a place called York. <laughs> We've got the OC York. <laughs> New England. They've got over there. Yeah. It's, like, it's like England. New Amsterdam. <laughs> We've got the original Amsterdam, an hour flight from us. Uh, North Carolina. <laughs> Yeah, I like the fact that's different, it's it? New York State, and within New York State, there's New York. Yeah. So the city's so nice, it's they named silly. it twice. Well, the, the country's so lazy, they named it twice. I always find it silly that we have London, and then the city of London. Oh, yeah. And they're actually... I mean, they're, the yeah, city of London is within ba- London. Yes. But it's just an awkward way. It is its own, like, region. It's got its own little mayor so, and yeah, everything. Yeah, and then there's London, and then outside of that is Greater London. Yes. Because I'm technically within Greater London, as opposed to London itself. Well, don't worry, you weren't the only person to point out our geographical error. Which is why I thought you might enjoy that email, because that was, like, every other comment on that video was like, you effing idiots. It's a completely different place. So where's B- Batista's from He's DC. from Washington, D.C. Right. And Baltimore is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know I, it's near DC. I was going to say, like, I think, out now. I think by now people should just expect us to not know where states are in America. My American geography, when <laughs> I met some Americans while I was in uh, Peru, I did say, you're going to have to forgive me, but I don't know American geography. So you said to me, I'm from blank. I don't know where that is. I think she said she's from Ohio. And I was like, I don't know where that is. You need to tell me, is that north, south, east, west? Where does that land? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's div- and like when I was in, but it goes the other way because when I was in uh, Santorini, some Americans were like, "Oh my god, I bet you're out here all the time." I was like, "No, it's a four-hour flight. <laughs> this taken me half a day to get to. We are not here all the time. We don't we don't just pop to Greece for a, an afternoon. <laughs> we do that. For, we do that in France. Yeah, uh, but the so I, I I brought this up on my Thursday super news. I brought it up in my news today. Yeah, as well, good. Yeah. Because uh, I, I said, you know, Washington, I got we got it confused. Washington, D.C. is different from Washington State. Of course, we all know Washington, D.C. is in, in New York. York. Great joke. Yeah, I, right? I, I, I watched it on the uh, tube going home yesterday. I laughed out loud. I thought yeah. it was a great joke. <laughs> Everyone has said, it's not in New York. <laughs> Come on. I didn't know it was so close to New York. So it sh- I should have I should have chosen a, a somewhere Missouri. that was further away. But I thought New York, New York to an outsider, sounds like it should be the capital of America. Oh yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's not. It's DC. Anyway, yeah. I'm glad we've sorted it out now. I, I have that is interesting to me though. I, I do now that I know where Washington is. Mm. It's on the where border of Canada. Look, I've got the whole map up here. See, I didn't think Washington's. Wa- West Coast. See, I didn't think Washington was there. I thought that was more on the East Coast because I knew that New- I know that New York. Well, Washington is, close is to- on the East Coast, DC. Oh, but Washington State is is all the way over here. Oh, right, because I knew New York was close to it because when we were booking Canada, we had the option of starting in New York and then going to Canada, which we nearly did because I love New York. Mm. But when Daniel Bryan, well, Brie Bella. Post tweet like posted a picture of their hike together mm. from when he should have been making career altering announcements on SmackDown, and they ended up on this idyllic looking beach and this beautiful crystal clear lake, and I thought that's not near Baltimore, <laughs> so this makes a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you look at a map, things do tend to make a lot more sense. 
Um, we're going to get into the main show now, talking about, oh, it's, it's your friend of mine, business, business, business. You're going to love this. <laughs> lots of numbers, lots of charts. Oh, it's good, a good time for all. Easy to keep track of in an audio format. Uh, beautiful. Absolutely perfect. Uh, here is the show. But this is this is actually super, super interesting. Oh, yeah. Because everyone always says, oh, but WWE's crap. They're going down the pan. We are leading that charge, really. But it's a different thing to actually have definitive, objective numbers to prove it. Because WWE's business as a whole has decreased 5% year on year. So since the same time last year, WWE's overall, all the measures, the metrics they use, on average has decreased 5%. So last year they made $281 million, which is loads, and that's across media, live events, and all their merchandising. Now, this year was only 268.9 million. Oh, God. Why, why even bother? <laughs> but you shouldn't, like, the idea of a business is to keep growing. Yes. And even though you get these bumps in the road, they really should not be losing money at this point because of, you know, Saudi Arabia and Fox. Yeah. But there's also AEW on the horizon. So they've hoovered up all this talent. I imagine their, their, uh, their, their sort of wages just to to pay all their wrestlers is enormous just based on how many people they have. Me and Laurie have kind of got a running gag on our NXT rambles at the moment where we're talking about that they have just too much talent yeah. going on and everyone's storyline is I've been for here for a year and I've done nothing. <laughs> like that is literally... Keith Lee's been doing it for the last couple of weeks. Shane Thorne was on the show this week going like they're not using me. We've got this tournament with eight new lads and we just keep teasing all these new people. Killian Dane's back. We're trying to push Punishment Martinez. Matt Riddle's got these. Kushida needs something to do. They've got too many people in NXT and not enough story. And to be fair, that's they've got the same problem on the main roster. <laughs> they have, yeah. Uh, Where's Andrade? So th there's there's loads of interesting things that have come out of this. Attendance, so the average live event attendance is down 2% uh, in the US alone. Worldwide, it's down 14%, so that's even more worrying. Which we heard a lot about when they were doing their European tour, particularly when they were doing the, the shows in London um, after mm. WrestleMania. We were getting a lot of reports. We didn't go, but we got a lot of reports from the building saying, like, it is not as full as it was last year or the year before that. Maybe we should have gone. <laughs> Helped them out a bit. Uh, and then merchandise sales, you know, merchandise a huge moneymaker for WWE. That's effectively why we had to sit through a decade of John Cena as a babyface. My favourite thing about the merchandise sales is that a lot of people are making fun of this one online. You're like, I mean, their t-shirts are rubbish. So I, I don't really, like, I'm not surprised that merchandise sales are down. Uh, but that's down 13%. Of course, it's not just t-shirts. There's loads of licensing yeah. and, and stuff to other toy products. Uh, so yeah, but the big one, because this is really maybe indicative of a larger looming crisis on the internet, that the streaming service model with Netflix lost $28 billion oh, yeah. that, uh, this, this week based on their Q2 earnings reports. Check out yesterday's Screen Stalker video for me and Pete talking more about that. If you love this business chat. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, we, we also wear silly wigs. So we balance it out. But they... The, the network number for subscribers as of the end of June is 1.69 million. Mm -hmm. And that's paid. So that is down 6% from 
from where they were the same time last year and uh you know but in the pre-wrestlemania period yes and it's um again it feels like it's unsurprising because we've seen a lot of comments on our videos over the last few months of us saying i mean i cancelled my network subscription i'm kind of glad that i cancelled my net network subscription you see a lot of those comments and you're right i think this it is almost like this this network or streaming service bubble could be about to burst. I almost feel like every company is now trying to get their own version of it. And when you just saturate the market, people just kind of stop buying into it all. We're just going to see the rise of VHS again. That's what I'm, I'm hoping for. Stop. <laughs> but stop trying to make VHS happen. It's had its time. It's coming back. Mini discs. <laughs> That's what I'm pushing. So, it, and, and their forecast isn't optimistic. No. Interestingly, Netflix... They, they they projected 5 million new subscribers worldwide. They got about 2.6 Yeah, they million. overshot the moon. Yeah, like by a long way, by almost over a half. And that's very worrying to markets because then the markets go, you don't know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So that's when you get these huge stock, like stock price crashes. WWE, I rather respect them for this, have not gone, oh yeah, but we'll be in 2 million at the end of Q3. Their, their estimation is a, is a further drop to 1.53 million subscribers. And bearing in mind, sorry. Well, I was going to say that's very similar to their record-breaking number about two years ago. They're going backwards. Yes, and bearing in mind as well, when the network launched, their expectation was 2 million within the first year. That was because they had done this... I don't even think they'd done a survey. I think they just randomly assorted together their TV ratings and attendance and were like... And we'll get 2 million people buying the network off the back of that. To be fair, they could just say 2 million now. That's what they do for WrestleMania. Absolutely. Inflate those attendance figures. It's the staff that are working there. It also includes <laughs> all the people that are working on making the videos. They also include, they're included in the subscriptions. Oh, I thought you were going to continue talking. No, no, no. I, was just making, <laughs> I made a terrible joke. I'm now passing it back to you no, for it's numbers. That's very good. Uh, so, yeah, this is... They do not expect a record number of subscribers this year. That was their thing. And also to this, before this earnings report came out, Vince McMahon, Kevin Dunn, George Barrios, Michelle Wilson, all the real Triple H, Stephanie McMahon, those are the top, top circle mm -hmm. in WWE. Oh, yeah. George Barrios, if you're not familiar with him, he's the sort of bulldog lawyer who owns a hell of a lot of stock. Kevin Dunn, head of all the live event production and production in general, hell of a lot of stock. Vince McMahon, of course, he owns a lot as well. Never heard of They've all sold a decent portion of their stock yeah. and, and their shares. I think George Barrios and, and Michelle Wilson, you know, looking at about a quarter to a half of their, how much money they own in, in the company. And then the day after, you get all these reports of everything being down. It's not... It's, it doesn't paint the prettiest picture. No, but it's also kind of like that smart business thing of like, you know the stock is likely going to go down, so sell now while you get it at a high price, yeah. and then you can just buy it up later when it's at a low price again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the And also, I think Vince did it because he, wanted, he needed the money for the XFL. Yes, pocket money. He needed for his little thing over exactly. here. He was like, Linda, can I have some money, please? She was like, no, Vince, get, make your own money. He was like, okay. But that's not to say that the network itself... I mean, I get the appeal of WWE is definitely down. And, and the Saudi Arabia deal has created a bit of a stink. And I, I, I genuinely believe that's behind a lot of these people turning off, as well as just a deteriorating product. Yeah. Because the main driving force of sales for the network are the pay-per-views. 
Yes, and it's not the old content. Mm. Like the old content is de- is designed to appeal to fans like you and I who were in that sort of 99, 98, 2000 period or the lapsed fans that stopped watching in 2001 so they can rewatch their glory years. But actually, really, the main driver of things is their live pay-per-views and their network specials, like their 365 shows and the 24 shows and, and you know, their documentaries and whatnot. NXT, I suppose, too. And, but yeah, I, yeah, I kind of include that in the, mm, in the live shows. I imagine if, I imagine if, you've, if you watch NXT, you're going to get the network anyway. So I don't know how much of that is actually a, a drive, like a sign-up thing, but it's definitely something that might keep people there once they're there. It'd be interesting as well, on the subject of NXT, this was a big talking point on mm. our NXT ramble earlier in the week, that with them moving to FS1, is it going to stay on the network? Mm. What will the NXT brand essentially become? Because it's going to be on TV, which means Vince needs to be involved in it, and it's going to have to become a very different product. Well, it's reported. Like yes, uh, it's r- r- yeah, r- yeah. rumored, it's not rumored, a, a, a yeah. definite not, not thing. But sure, if it no. does, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the, the 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 actual network figures itself, of course, the subscribers have gone down. But in terms of views, oh, I don't know how much they're including YouTube in this. But it's a seventeen percent increase in digital video views to nine billion. I reckon they're including YouTube. Yeah, they in that. probably are. And yep. Facebook views or you know Twitter views are probably including all That's of totally that. Totally it. Too. So it even says those are assumed to include YouTube, other social media platforms, and not just the WWE network. A ten percent increase in social media followers oh, overall. Oh my god, everything's fine. The ship I mean, is writing itself. If, if you ever need a, a, a clearer picture of how social media followers do not directly translate into cash. They just lost. <laughs> they declined by 5% in the money, yeah. and they increased 10% in social media. Oh, yeah. No, They're not linked. They're not linked at all. But WWE bloody loved them. There was yeah. that report. Um, Stephanie, when she does like her big rah-rah speech before every pay-per-view, before every sort of Raw and SmackDown, one of the things she always talks about is how good their social media numbers are. Because that is an important thing to the company, even though it doesn't translate to actual money. Yeah. Uh, but maybe to combat this, of course, Vince talked quite a lot about Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff. Then name them. Yes. Uh, what, the, what did he say? He then? just said we brought in two new creative heads. New. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> new. And put over like their previous work and said that it's. He said the show is no, no longer going to be one man's vision. Mm. I, I mean, I smell, I smell a lot of uh, poop around that statement, but, um, you know. You've got to take him at his word, I guess. Yeah. And if there's one person you can definitely take at their word, it's Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Jeez, and then the, the, the two people underneath him who you can <laughs> supposedly take for their word, Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff. Uh, so that that's one thing that they're doing to hopefully turn this around, although, you know, everything is down. But another thing we didn't talk about is at the end of Q1, there was a similar sense of doom and gloom with everything being down. But Vince McMahon said, yeah, but it's because a lot of our stars are injured right now. That's right, yeah. But then it's gotten worse in Q2 when all those people have come back. Which is why they, the, the reported reason why he brought in Bischoff and Heyman was so that he could essentially fool the investors and kind of sort of pull the wall over their eyes and be like, hey, you know, it's not, but it's fine because look, we've got these two new guys in now, so Q3 is going to be great. Essentially, it, just delaying the inevitable. It's a distraction roll-up. There you go. It's a distraction roll-up. <laughs> They've artificially extended this feud. <laughs> uh, so, but they are going to change the network. Yes, uh, as as maybe a way to to help increase subscribers or maybe pull some more in. And 
They've already done a few interface changes. There's a new search function. That's right, yeah. I believe the app version, the website version, as far as I can tell, hasn't changed. Yeah, the, I can't see anything. But the app version is different. So like, like on your layer. tablet. It, look, your it looks more like Netflix. Yeah. Is, is, is the report that I've heard. I've not actually seen it yet because I forgot to bring it Oh, and mine. as we know, Netflix is working very well. <laughs> it is. Uh, but they've also said that they're going to move to a tiered system within the next 12 months. And this has been teased for so oh. long. Like, years and years and years. I remember listening to an episode of Wrestling Observer Radio talking about this while I was decorating my house after I'd just bought it. And I've been there for nearly three, four years now. So this has been something they have been toying with and yeah. teasing and working on for years now. Mm. And I think now is about the time they're, they're actually going to pull the trigger on it. We saw that with putting Evolve... Um, you know, I don't know why they would choose to put that Evolve show on. You know, random Saturday, just ra a random Saturday there where there was nothing else on. I guess we it been in the works for months, Luke. <laughs> you see, been in what? the work for ages. Kind of like Takeover Cardiff. It's just we booked that place ages ago. NXT UK. They always meant we to start that ages it. ago. Oh yeah, um, but yes, yeah, so they put the Evolve show on there, and that was part of the tiered system. It was like you would get for. $5 or something, you just get the archive, and then for 10 you get the archive and the shows, and then for 15 you also get access to Evolve and ICW and Progress and all the other, WXW, all the other wrestling companies that they've already got under their banner. Mm. Uh, yeah, and so that's interesting that they said they'll launch a free tier. So mm. you'll effectively have a free version of the network with select programming. I don't know how that's going to differ from their YouTube channel. Oh, no, it'd be like the documentaries, I'd have thought. They yeah, might like, launch, so. like, like, you know, Roman Reigns 365. They'll, like, launch mm. that or something, you know, in the, in the free service. But then there'll be a VIP tier coming several months after that, which will presumably be more than the ten nine the nine ninety nine price point. Yeah. God, we're going to get a lot of promotion for that oh, on yeah. Raw and SmackDown. It's like Netflix, but better. Yeah. Uh, but, yes, yeah, so that that's where the network's going but like luke said this has been teased and sort of discussed in conference calls for ages yeah particularly investors calls like it's been a long time coming i suppose now their backs are against the wall though because they've announced it mm -hmm. quite quite resolutely and they've announced it as a way to turn around the business so now they're going to be beholden to the shareholders yeah so you'd expect it to get moving there's just one more note from this conference call which I is found, definitely my favorite i found these quotes to be so interesting I, I really wanted to talk about these in friday's news but i had so much other stuff to cover with like the jimmy uso arrest and the cm punk stuff like and the saudi uh, show being like moved mm. around in wwe but essentially getting dicked on with dates that i was like i'm gonna have, I'm gonna have to get this to laurie on monday but these are great quotes yeah so vince mcmahon is discussing that the tone of the show's going forward, Raw and SmackDown. This is a direct quote now. We are going to be a bit edgier, but remain within the PG environment. I'd say that's, we've seen that already. Yes. With that first Paul Heyman-like show when Braun and Bobby went through the set. We are not going to go back to the Attitude Era or do blood and guts or things of that nature, as is perhaps being done by a potential new competitor potential new competitor that is shade <laughs> just but more shade are coming we are not going to go back to that crap that we graduated from love that term that we graduated from that we used to do that crap but we're so much better than that now you just did the raw reunion <laughs> show where you lent on the biggest star this industry's ever seen and have we all forgotten the brock lesnar randy orton SummerSlam? Oh have we all forgotten that happened I just, uh, 
Yeah, and then he then he also said uh, later on about the blood and guts and gory things that they have been doing, uh, sort of not mentioning AEW by name, but no, you know. he just recalls it like you know new competition is what he's saying, like new competition has emerged and things like that. But it is, I mean, this is very much referencing to AEW because he said, "I can't speak for TNT, but I can't imagine they would put up with that." That being the blood and guts and gore, which you know, if he watched the announcement on Wednesday. They've said that. Like, yeah. Cody said, we're going to save the blood and gore and stuff. You know, no, he didn't use those words, but we're going to save the bloody angles for pay-per-views. For pay-per-views, because then you have to buy them to see the end of blood feuds. And that's, like, that's why they're <laughs> called blood feuds. You build it up on TV and you pay for the pay-per-view match. Yeah. It makes sense. And as Meltzer pointed out, really, there's only been one really bloody match in the show, like, in the three shows that they've done, which was the Cody and Dustin match. The Cody, um, Sean Spears angle, I mean, was the chair gimmicked? Was it, was it not? I don't know. But, like, Fight for the Fallen didn't really have any of that stuff. Yeah. Like, it's, it's two angles that they've done. So, anyway, very interesting stuff. Mm -hmm. We are in a war, folks, and it's really starting to heat up. If you want to submit a question to the mailbag, all you've got to do is become one of our awesome Pledge Hammers on Patreon and leave a comment in the community tab. Do not email me. I will just lose it. And I want to preface this. We've had to skip crap gimmicks again because you might recall last week we had so many mailbag questions that we, we didn't have time to get through all of them. And since then, we've had an even bigger influx of questions. So we're going to try and get through as many of these as we can within the next 20 minutes. Is that what we want to do? Yeah, yes. 20 minutes? People are leaving the WWE Network and commenting on our, pe our Patreon page instead, it seems. Well, you know, we are, good co we are hashtag good, hashtag content. Consistent content. Consistent. Oh, and on Monday, we're going to have a little bit more, aren't we? Ramble Club, we're that recording. That might go out on Tuesday. Yeah, it'll, it'll definitely go out on Tuesday. <laughs> We're going to be very drunk on Monday. Yeah, we're going to play drinking games again. <laughs> well, I think the, the, the precedent's been set. <laughs> so, yeah, sign up to us on Patreon so you can, uh, you know, submit these questions, but also loads of extra podcasts. Indeed. So let's try and fire through these. Mohammed says, do you think WWE has any plans for the Viking Raiders? Obviously not. Uh, because they've sort of floundered since being called up and they've been called several different things. I think Triple H obviously did, but this is Vince just grabbing an NXT act without thinking. It's a typical Vince pushing of monsters, really. It was just you put them in squash matches for a few weeks and then you put them against an established lower tag team and then you put them into a tag title program. I think yeah. that's mo most likely where we're heading. I could probably see the Usos winning the belts from the Revival, uh, especially because Jimmy got arrested, so they're definitely going to win the belts now. Um, and then you can do Viking Raiders and um, Usos after that. Darth Almo says, Hi Luke, Ollie, Laurie and Pete just wondered what WWE slash F match originally got you interesting or sports entertainment. Mine was the Hell in a Cell match between Cactus Jack and Triple H from No Way Out 2000. Foley falling through the roof of the cell and crashing through the ring will always be a highlight of my wrestling fandom. Mine's actually the month prior. It was Cactus Jack, Triple H, uh, Royal Rumble 2000. That was the match that really like just suckered me in. I couldn't give you a match, you know. I, I, it was a gradual thing of just watching Soccer AM on Sky Sports 1 on Saturdays and then flicking around and a, a SmackDown a, 
occasion, like over time becoming a habit. There's, yeah, so I probably I, a rock promo was the thing that got the thing, me. Yeah, in. like I'd I'd sort of fallen for characters like The Rock and Austin and these sorts of guys, but it wasn't really until that match where I was like, oh my god, I think I love this now. Like mm. I, I want to watch more of this. Yeah. Um, Darth Almo says, hello again there, guys. What's your favorite movie quote? Mine is from the 1989 Batman movie by the Joker. Tell me something, my friend. Have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? Uh, a, a bonkers quote. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, just there's so many. Can't choose, really. But just because of the great man passed this week, I would go for Rutger Hauer's Tears. Tears in the Rain. In the rain. Oh. From Blade he's, yeah, he's seen things you people wouldn't, wouldn't believe. believe. Oof, I'm, getting, I'm getting chills. Oh, I love it. I actually rewatched it yesterday. Um, uh, just just that one scene. I want to mm. rewatch the whole film. But uh, I think I'm going to go with my favorite line from Ghostbusters because it's my favorite movie of all time, which is, listen, do you smell something? Dylan, not Roddy Strong. Hi, guys. I just became a Patreon backer today to listen to the latest Ramble Club podcast, and it's the funniest thing I've ever heard. The hair transplant part had me crying, so I was wondering if you had any WWE wrestler's hair, who would it be? Did I bring that up on the show? Yeah, do you not remember this? No. We had a lengthy conversation about it. I got so we, drunk. <laughs> I know. Well, we, got, we had like a big sort of heart-to-heart about it, because the three of us are all follically challenged. Yes. So we had like a big heart-to-heart thing about oh, this. Consultations booked in <gasps> for August. Oh, is it really? Oh, man. Tonight, I'll go through with it. If I could have any t- Tanahashi, Tana- oh, it's the WWE, WWE wrestler. Oh, so Tanahashi would have been my answer as well. Ooh, there's a lot of good hair in wrestling. I like um, Dash Wilder's cut. You could set your watch to it. I love it. <laughs> now I'd go for something long and flowing. Punks. Which, CM which, Punk, which, which era can, of punk? Oh no, no, that, that's it. Like because <laughs> I can just change to this week. I have big mutton chops. Job look. <laughs> Good answer. I thought he looked really smart when it was just slick back. Yeah. And a moustache. Yeah, very good stuff. What a, what a good guy. AEW confirmed. Tom Delves says, Hey, Chopper and the lads, do you think the Saudi crown prince will try and get Stone Cold versus The Rock? They're the biggest names from the past he hasn't got yet, or are they too modern? I don't think uh, The Rock would touch it. I mean, we saw John Cena pull out the shows for fear of how it would affect his Hollywood career. So I can't see The Rock doing that either, even if he is the biggest player in Hollywood. Yeah, I can't see Stone Cold doing it either. No, Stephen last one talking about this in their podcast, and about like, how much money do you think it would take to bring Austin back? And I agree with their answer, which is like, I don't think you can come up with a figure because he doesn't need it. I would have said the same about Shawn Michaels, though. That's very true. And they yeah. got him. Mm. And that didn't really work out for anyone. Joe Maddalena says, at the Extreme Rules pay-per-view, the main event was Becky, Lacey, Seth, and Corbin, but it didn't get any EC dub chants, even though there were chair shots, kendo sticks, and tables. I think that's probably because the crowd were bored out of their (laughs) mind. Uh, My question is, do you know any women's match outside of WWE or in WWE where they did get an EC dub chant going? When I was listening to your review version of the show, I heard you mentioning it, and I've been trying to think of if any women's match has had one. Well, you, you watched the Callahan-Blanchard match. Did that- I don't know if that had an EC dub chant in it, but the only one I could probably think of, and I, I, I'd need to go back and watch it and someone can go back and check, is the um, Trish Lita Falls Count Anywhere match that main evented Raw in sort of like 2005, 2006. Mm. Because that was like, you know, all the hardcore stuff. And that was like around the big ECW revival as yes. well. So that might have like, might have sort of resurgence in EC dub chants. I can't think of any. I've yeah, none none spring to mind. Maybe Bailey versus Alexa Bliss and the Kendo stick on a pole match. Ironically, yes. Um, and they've also got a question. Uh, she also has a uh, bit about uh, Fight for the Fallen, which I still have not seen. Uh, Sean Dunn says, "Firstly, hope you guys had a great week." 
Thank you. <laughs> Secondly, do you think Baron Corbin and Seth Rollins would be better as a heel duo? Oh, no. <laughs> no. I think I'm, I'm a bit... Seth Rollins, after this week, I'm just... Yeah, maybe he would be better as that corporation heel to fit his real-life persona a bit better. And finally, he says, I've got two words for you. Chop it. And that is, he's calling himself now Generation Chop. He loves his off, Pete. Off the back of Pete? Yeah. Two people have, like, uh, one Pete's of the over. others said, hey, a chopper and the lads. Oh, yeah, Pete's like, over. It's Ollie and the lads. <laughs> Dylan Tyrrell Reeves says, rumour has it that Ukes and 2K are going to be remastering what many consider to be the best wrestling game of all time, Smackdown Here Comes the Pain. We always hear about uh, the great the likes of Here Comes the Pain and WWF No Mercy Were, so I wanted to ask, what do you think are some of the most underrated wrestling games of all time? First two that spring to my mind are Smackdown Shut Your Mouth and Smackdown vs. Raw 2007. All the SmackDown vs. Raw games merge into one for me. Oh, I yeah. can't actually separate them in my head. But everyone says No Mercy as the one. WrestleMania. Mania 2000. Yeah. yeah on and, the N64. And the WCW games they were doing before that were like, it's the same engine. Mm. So yeah, some really good stuff that you can go to uh, outside of that. I'm also going to go to bat for Royal Rumble for the Mega Drive or Genesis for our American viewers. Because uh, that was the game I played the most when I was a kid. Ryan B. Bad said, if you were to pick a current or former WWE star to cast as either a superhero or super villain who is yet to make it to the big screen, who would you pick to play who? I would have either Roman play Lobo from DC Comics or Rusev play a Omega Red from Marvel. Reigns as, as Lobo is actually, I can see, that's yeah. actually quite good uh, looks casting. When you said it, I got bogged down in who's actually a good actor. Oh, yeah. I mean, you uh, definitely can't go down that route. Unless you go like a, a silent, a, a silent. Also, like cast someone as Onomatopoeia. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Is that his name? Was the Kevin Smith created one? Was he called Onomatopoeia? Is Onomatopoeia a Daredevil or Batman villain? It was a Batman from, villain. Yeah, that sounds like a Smith Smithism. Yeah. I mean, he only spoke in Onomatopoeic words. That's a uh, that's a tough one. Have you got anyone? Um, my, my first, the first superhero I thought of was Ghost Rider. So now I'm just trying to work backwards from that. <laughs> So I'm going to say Kane as Ghost Rider. Yeah, you've got to you've got to work out who hasn't been adapted as, as in a movie yet, which yeah. is quite difficult. I'll get back to you. Yeah, we'll get back to you on that one. Uh, the glorious Robert uh, Ray says, as Raw reunion is this Monday, um, oh, that's twenty four seven title changing a lot of hands. And uh, says, do you think Santino could win it? He didn't. I I would have said maybe though. Yeah. Uh, John Smith says, hello to everyone. If you had to uh, book an NXT takeover show consisting of regular NXT stars versus undercard lower midcard main roster stars, what would you book to make it more fun? You, can, you can't steal each other's matches. Uh, well, if we... AJ Styles versus Adam Cole, I think but he's I've already main said event, that. though. Ah, so mid to... So it's all the underutilized. Mm. So I would have... Um, maybe you want to rekindle that Johnny Gargano-Andrade feud. Oh, so, yeah, that's a good shout. Yeah. Uh, Revive. Buddy, Buddy Murphy, Matt Riddle. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, he's got Adam Cole versus Buddy Murphy. Shayna Baszler versus Sasha Banks is good. Matt Riddle versus Chad Gable. Keith Lee versus Luke Harper. And the Undisputed Era versus Lucha House Party, which is an odd, uh, is an odd one for my money. Yeah. <laughs> the Lucha House Party are great. Yeah. But yeah, I guess like a Grand Metalik who is actually one of, you know, top 20 wrestlers in the whole world. Yeah. Grand Metalik versus a... I'm going to say... yeah. yeah um, while you you're thinking of that, team. I'm going to go with Revival versus the Street Profits. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Where are the Street Profits, though? <laughs> uh, who knows? I mean, we may get that match sooner rather than later. Uh, I had a bold prediction for um, 
NXT as well. If they are going to go to FS1, I think the first show will be NXT Homecoming. And it will be all of the former NXT mm. stars going back to do sort of dream matches. Or just cameos, or which just cameos, don't build yeah. into any storyline progression. Oh, yeah, that's, that's the other way to do it, yeah. Uh, Roy Tip says, uh, what will end the Shane Vortex? Will Eric Bischoff just get rid of him on SmackDown? Or will this be something that we're going to see up into and including SummerSlam? I'd have no issue with the Shane faction as part of the show, but not the main focus. He could have a good role as the mastermind behind a faction wanting to hold all the gold. Tags, uh, IC, WWE, blah, 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 blah. Uh, a good group of heels trying to dominate the brand. I think that ship sailed, my friend. He's got go-away heat now. Yeah. Uh, I definitely got him till SummerSlam because we know with the Kevin Owens match has been made. I hope that's it for him. I hope after that, but Eric Bischoff doesn't have control. Uh, by, by Meltzer's account. By yeah. Meltzer's account. So Which we don't know is for sure. I think we'll see a reset. You know what? Actually, maybe not. Maybe it'll all get reset on October 4th when it moves to Fox. So true, we'll, just, yeah. we'll just have a holding pattern on SmackDown with Shane as the main event heel until then I think we're going to go to Survivor Series I think we're going to have uh, yeah. Team Owens versus Team Shane with the winning Like, and if Shane loses then he has to go and, and that will be the end of it um, Dizziest Bloke Going Today says after watching Evolve 131 the other week I was infatuated with Brandy Lauren and just wondered if you think she'll join NXT at some point I would have thought so it's basically the feed assistant to NXT yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Razman's Reality says, Hey, my dudes, hope all is well. I was wondering if you've ever considered holding auditions for adding an American or other country to your team. I was thinking that a weekend video where they could send in uh, to be uploaded to the channel or something doing opinion video similar to Simon Miller's Y series. Never heard of him. Who's he? Uh, here's who. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. That was good. Uh, I emailed Andy a while back about doing an opinion column for the website, and he explained that isn't really what you want, uh, which is where the idea of suggesting this video came from. Um, so, yeah, just to be clear, uh, I would, of course, audition. Yeah, so, I, you know, we did talk... I talked about it with a few people uh, about a year or two ago. But it was just... It's actually quite hard. It's quality control as well, because, you know, the recording equipment has to be of a, a particular, you know, standard. And it's not just about... The person as a host like having a great host with a great opinion and great production equipment also doesn't mean that our audience will take to them that the best way that i keep apicary yeah is to have like people come into the office and, and we so, sort of make it because it is quite organic mm. uh, yeah our team works because we're friends yeah and, and we're all not that we can't be friends with you but it's it's a lot easier to do that when we're just sitting in the office all day together shooting the breeze. Certainly, yeah. Like, I've known Laurie for years. I've known you for years. So okay, like, that's why we get a nice dynamic. Mm. Pete's the outsider. Yeah. I'm, I'm burying Pete because people are starting to put him over <laughs> in, the, uh, in the Patreon. Um, Scott Aguilar says, Hey, guys, sorry my, quote, question from last week was more of a rant. The first half of this will likely come off the same. He then sort of goes into why... Um, Seth and Kofi can't face top stars because WWE haven't built any top stars. So he then says, my question is, where and why do you think WWE lost their way with developing worthy challenges? Was it during the oft-shotgun-style booking of the Attitude Era? Was it the introduction of these huge multi-man matches? Was it the proliferation of gimmick matches to determine contenders? Maybe a combination of these. Maybe something else entirely. Sorry to bore you with my fandom backstory, which I'm sorry, I didn't read. I did read, but I didn't read on here uh, for the sake of time. I just felt it was relevant because the new generation era, even rewatching today, seemed to a better job of building challenges than anything they currently put out. I I feel like it was WWE hasn't recovered since the Cena the Cena smothering because mm -hmm. you know that before then you had 
it, the amazing WWF main event scene of Austin Rock, Triple H, Taker, Mankind, Kane, Chris Jericho even. Incredible amount of talent for just your top tier. And then you had the influx of a lot of the WCW guys eventually, but then they went for Cena, Orton, Batista. Yeah. And then, but they never really built anyone after that. That's the not even now. No, that's the problem. Is like, particularly with Roman, (laughs) they put all of their eggs into that Roman-shaped basket and just just pinned everything on him. And so everyone sort of almost has to fall victim to the the Roman push. And when you just push one man, then you're not pushing anyone else, and so everyone else just gets flattened out. Yeah. The same with Cena. Cena was, Cena was the most pushed guy in the company. The only other people people that was really pushed outside of him was Orton. Uh, the glorious Robert Ray says, excuse me, so last week I asked about Raw reunion, but <laughs> someone else asked me the same question, so I deleted that one from last week. Oh. So my new question is, uh, if you were to travel with one wrestler for a year, who would it be? I think I would pick Drew after seeing a lot of interviews with him on Up, Up, Down, Down. He seems like a real laugh, and he loves talking about wrestling, and I think he's been wrestling long enough where you get some really good stories and insight on wrestling like I've never seen or heard before. Well, I was going to say Keith Lee, because we already know... He likes all the same stuff as us. Yeah. Because he's our best friend. <laughs> so we can talk about Marvel and yeah. comics and but stuff. That, that's why I'd pick Xavier Woods. Yeah, it's a good shout. Well, I was going to say the downside with Keith Lee is that he is enormous. <laughs> like, he's, he's six foot three, 330 yeah. pounds. And if I'm traveling with him in a rental car, I don't want that level of cramp. It's like traveling with Mark Henry. Mm. I want to go for that. So Xavier's a a much smaller in stature. Yeah, I'd go for Xavier Woods. That'd be my pick. Jonathan Edmonds said, what is your fondest memory from your first wrestling show in person? Mine was seeing Junkyard Dog and Ivan Putski yelling to Big John Stud, Stud, get back here, you chicken poop. So my first wrestling show in person was a... It was in a theatre. So it was like, there's the stage, Mm -hmm. here's the tiered auditorium seating in front. I believe they call it... Prometheum Arch. I'm not Scooby-Doo, mate. Uh, you know, just a standard vaudeville theatre setup. So the, you were only on one side of the ring. And I just remember them bringing in this ladder. There was a TLC match. Or it wouldn't have been a TLC match because they didn't call it TLC back. It must have been a ladder match with tables. And because yeah, that wasn't invented when I went. It was like 98, 99. Yeah, and it was just... I just remember being very worried that the table was going to slip off the stage. <laughs> I think mine, I'm trying to think what my first live wrestling show was, and I think it was an FWA Academy show. And I think as one of the big attractions they put on there, were they, they booked Jodie Fleisch versus Johnny Storm as a, yeah. hey, come down and check this out. I think AJ Styles was on the show as well. Mm. So I think that, that's what I remember from that. I'm pretty sure AJ was on it. But I remember they did do Fleisch versus Storm, which was a very big, a very popular match in yeah. sort of that early 2000s period in, in the UK. Groundbreaking. Groundbreaking, yeah. absolutely. Dwayne Cooley says, hello, Swafters and Rest Talk crew. I'm back with another question similar to Cody question from last week after I sent that question it got me thinking there are so many wrestling matches I get it there aren't many wrestling matches I get excited for anymore Aww. I should be excited for Ricochet versus Styles but I've not seen any of their three uh, but I've not seen any of their three encounters I should have gone back to watch Strowman versus Lashley considering it was in my hometown and best match of the night so I heard come to think of it even more there aren't many wrestlers or matches that I don't care that don't really excite me uh, like it does other people though I still find NXT matches as the ones I look forward to is this an indication of wrestling drought or should I take a break from watching wrestling altogether for a while or is it something else I feel like this is quite a psychiatrist couch question you everything you said there is main roster WWE and then you said oh but I still like NXT yeah 
And like I would argue, AEW have done a fantastic job of matchmaking. Announcing matches yeah. that I want to see. Because they don't have the luxury of storylines. It's just, here's a wrestler, Jimmy Havoc, Joey Janela, Darby Allen. Darby Allen. I'm like... Yes, please. I yeah. love that. Yeah, I didn't even... I, I, I was always thinking Janela Havoc... But okay, yeah, like this is... And actually what I loved about that as well is that when the, the episode of Road to All Out, they just had one backstage segment that perfectly set that up. And I'm like, oh, cool. I now want to see this match even more mm. because they've given me a reason to care. Yeah, I think it's I think it's WWE that has exhausted you Fatigue, there. yeah, yeah. WWE fatigue. See some indie shows. Yes. Yeah, because you... as great as NXT and AEW are, no, nothing can usually compare to a live indie show he also has as well what's the moment that you feel you uh, like you need to distance yourself from wrestling for me it was hogan winning the belt <laughs> in 2002 that was when i was done whenever i have to watch attitude era pay-per-views and there's a women's segment and my girlfriend walks in. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a it's a, it's, a ch it's changed the, the the business has changed only three years ago but it changed, <laughs> it changed. eventually it changed yeah. Ashley Richardson says, Hi guys, I know this is very much wishful thinking and unlikely, but if AEW on TNT and hope, uh, hopefully revitalized WWE on Fox, do you think it could, it could cause a new wrestling boom? Do you think that Sinclair would notice and start funding Ring of Honor to be a serious contender? I always found it odd how small they are as a company, knowing who owns them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I definitely, I think that's where we're all hoping that AEW and SmackDown would, would, will create this new late 90s wrestling boom period. Uh, ROH, I don't think so. I think the opportunity has already been there for them. Sinclair have owned them for, you know, four or five years now. And the time to do it, the time to put money in, and they were even talking about doing it, was pre-AEW. Oh, yeah. It was, two, it was two years ago. Yeah. and But they let the Young Bucks go. They mm. let Cody go. They, yeah, they let all those Bullet Club guys go. And then they had the big New Japan MSG show. That's the time to put money in. And they said, like, the COO of Sinclair said he was going to do that. But if they did, it didn't really transpire into anything. No, I, I've got to agree with you So, there. unfortunately not, I'd say. Uh, I mentioned this on the NXT ramble as well, but I'm going to say it here because it's our least watched ramble. But I, uh, the Seth Rollins quote of they're taking food off our table is so incredibly dumb when you consider that because of AEW, people are now making more money in WWE. So, actually, they're getting more food on their table, yeah. you dolt. Um, Noah Trombley says, do you think Vince has any influence on the Seth Rollins outburst, speaking of which, against AEW and John Moxley? No, I think it's, I think it's Seth has been hanging around with Vince too much. And I think it's, he just speaks in Vince-isms. I think there's a company directive yeah, to go out and say stuff. And Seth knows the best way to pop Vince. To, is to uh, say the things that, that he would have said. Yeah. I thought the thing is Triple H as well, because Triple H used to say the term, they were trying to take food off our table when talking about WCW. So it's it's just, it's the sort of words we've heard for years and years and years from Vince and Triple H. It almost just seems to be seeping into Seth. Mm -hmm. So maybe, yeah, you're right, he's just saying these words because he knows it's going to do him some favours backstage. Yeah. Uh, Probably last one. Uh, DJ Bruhard says, I've been thinking about AJ turning heel and winning the US Championship from Ricochet, though I can't help but think this feud should have been over the Universal Championship instead, making the club look dominant, dominant right out of the gate and saving Brock's cash-in for a mm. bigger surprise, preferably right after Seth finally overcomes the club to win back the title. How do you guys feel they could have done a... Um, how do you guys feel they could have done a better job of pushing the club and Seth Rollins? <sighs> yeah, I think that, that would have been infinitely more preferable to what's happened you have you don't have Brock come back at all yep. you have Ali or you know someone of that nature winning money in the bank Seth 
AJ turns heel on Seth with the club to win the Universal Championship. And then don't do Seth AJ right away. Make AJ say, nah, you're no, not good enough. And yeah. then make him fight other people. Have him a little short-term feud with Ricochet. Get Ricochet over because he can hang at that level. Another feud with someone else. And then Seth gets the match finally. Yeah. And that's a big deal when they've been kept apart for ages. Yeah. There's no automatic rematch clauses, remember? Antiquated. Yeah. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I think actually it would have made AJ, AJ would have been legit as well because he's already a like, former WWE champion. And it would have saved us from more Baron Corbin matches. Oh, yeah. Oh, by the way, also, congratulations to Baron Corbin. Um, he's the first wrestler in WWE this year to wrestle 100 matches. Uh, yeah, so Baron Corbin's had the most matches in WWE this year. A hundred. It's a lot of running around the ring post and sliding back in the ring. That's why he's got such good abs. What was your favourite number that we said in the opening portion? Um, the network down 6%. Is it 6 or 7? I've already forgotten. I like 14% decrease in worldwide attendance. Oh, nice. That's a good number. That's a, good, that's a, like, that's a, that's a worrying statistic yeah. figure. What we're saying by that as well, we don't mean we're celebrating WWE on a decline. We just like numbers. Well, it's the old peep show thing. It's it's no. good news. <laughs> it's not like, you know, it's not good news. Yeah. It's, that it's, it's quite upsetting to hear, but it's good news. It's interesting. It's interesting. <laughs> also, number wank. Yes. Speaking of Mitchell and Webb. Do you want to give us some iTunes reviews? Well, I was going to save that closer to the end okay. of the outro because then that's the last thing people or do you think we should say it now and walk people through the reviewing process no well we'll do i was trying to put a pin on this but i'm still getting some feedback on it it's the super chat debate oh okay uh, as to whether that the super debate if you will mm. um as to whether it should stay in the episode whether it shouldn't a few more people on discord have come forward to say that they should stay if you've got in touch with me on twitter to say that they should stay but someone did tweet me yesterday to, uh, when I say yesterday, I mean on Wednesday to say that they want the Super Chats out. And, I, and they were like, I actually find them very distracting. And I was like, well, that's why we put timestamps in the podcast so you can skip them. And he quite brilliantly and quite correctly replied, I'm driving. Mm, yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah. that's a really good point that I hadn't considered. So we've had some more feedback. This comes in from Martin. It says, hi, Luke et al. Uh, I do like the Super Chats generally, especially when someone's put forward a related or insightful point, suggestion or question. However, a lot of the Super Chat is sort of random or pointless, and it gets frustrating <laughs> as a listener, as a subscriber, to get your views, not a random sentence or two, which you've already discussed or put forward. One example is when you guys were reviewing Fighter Fest, brackets, I think, and a lot of the Super Chats were, what will happen on Raw? It'd be better if it was AEW related. Also, could you consider this suggestion? Maybe one-off shoutouts could be condensed at the end so as not to break up the flow of questions, e.g. when Andy just lifts up users that have donated and have either didn't comment or didn't add anything to the Super Chats. So that's kind of like compiling mm, all okay, of the questions yeah. at the yeah. one, and then at the end you say, and thank you to X, Y, Z, and A, B, and C for your donations. Yeah. Uh, that I We could try it out. I'm, because it is a live show, and Andy does have a lot to do... And it's quite difficult to keep track of all the comments coming through. That might be a bit difficult. We could give it a go, though. Mm. Thanks for everyone's suggestions. We're, we're genuinely yeah. open to feedback. Yes. So where would you say the, the super super debate is? It's boring? leaning... It, for Based on the feedback that we've had, it is leaning into keeping it... Yeah, keeping it. that was the impression I That I was got. the impression I've had from all the feedback that we've had thus far. The only suggestion that we've had that I think is a possible workaround is that for the podcast version we just put all of the super chats at the end of the episodes 
Mm. So we go from the intro into the, say it's a raw review, do the intro, the main topic, then the raw review, and then all of the super chats, and then the outro. Yeah. Hmm. But then that, for me, then that feels like it's too much of a block of super chats. Kind of what I like about it at the moment is it is broken up into two different sections. Yeah, and you, you, you sort of, if you're in the car, for instance, and driving, or running, like when I was uh, training for the marathon, did a marathon, by the way, uh, I, would, I wouldn't have the mental energy to get my phone out, mm-hmm. unlock it, yeah. skip, a, skip a podcast. I just had to set up playlists so they just auto-play into each other. Yeah. The amount of freaking mattress adverts i had to listen to (laughs) (laughs) well we'll we'll, uh maybe we'll get a proper super debate poll up Mm -hmm. somewhere yeah i mean i've got the whole weekend to myself so maybe this guy will be having a super debate to himself (laughs) (laughs) it's a treat it's a treat when you're when you're in a long-term relationship yeah absolutely Um, this is an email that we've had for a little while that I've been sat on so I've been waiting for you to come back uh, this is from Daniel it says hi Luke and the chaps just wanted to wade into the is the walking exercise debate oh god I was talking to one of the PTs at the gym I attend and they informed me that when they were training for a competition they both did an experiment on a treadmill one ran for 45 minutes and the other one walked for 45 minutes at an incline on said treadmill. The one who walked subsequently burned more calories. So now they recommend incline walking over running for cardio workouts. Cheers for the great content as usual. Mm, that's interesting. I mean, but that's like, you know, walking on an incline is, is very tough. Running on an incline is, is awful. That's why the Brighton Marathon, a lot of people, which is the one I did, I didn't know until afterwards, should have researched this. A lot of the profession, if you're like a semi-professional runner or a very serious amateur runner, you don't go anywhere near the Brighton Marathon mm. because it's so hilly. Yeah. Uh, and it just impacts your time too much. I, I it's, that's more of a hike. Like even a 0.5% walk is, is a hell of an incline. Uh, my lady partner claims. Have I told you this? You have, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I said well, this you, on the podcast. Say, when we were talking about the, the incline that I had when I did Peru. Yeah. My lady partner claims that there is a hill on her bike ride to work that is 45% steep. <laughs> and I said, no, no, it doesn't work that way. You remember, like, remember when we drove around the Peak District mm. and there were big signs that said 10%? You know, they give you a warning if it's 10%. And the car, you have to go into, like, second gear in the car. Which you didn't know how to do because you'd never driven up a hill before. Exactly. In a stick shift, (laughs) as the Americans call it. And that's only 10%. And that felt like the car was going to tip over backwards. Yeah. And then the the world's steepest street was announced mm, two weeks now? ago. Yeah, really? what is because it? Uh, some place in New Zealand had it forever, and it was quite a tourist destination because runners would go there, and everyone wants to run up the steepest street in the world. But now Wales has it. <gasps> yeah, wow. In the UK, and is the steepest street in the world is like thirty six point two percent steep. Yeah. So nowhere near <laughs> when Anna cycles to work. Is it 45? And she said, it must be 20 then. I was like, no, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> you trying to annoy me. But uh, the, the, the way they found it, like the way the measurer really knew he was onto something was when he set up the apparatus. There were loads of different ways to measure how steep this hill mm. was. And he set up one of the apparatus and he sort of dropped a brick. And the brick, a rectangular, very heavy object, continued to roll down the hill. <laughs> That to me is like in a movie where someone's hacking into some financial statements or it's a big deal and then they, something big happens and they look up and go, 
son of a bitch. <laughs> the brick's just rolling down. My uh, The hill to my parents' house is 33%. No, it isn't. It is. Genuinely is. What? I have to go up it in first gear. And even then, I've got to, like, floor it in first gear as well. Like, there, I when I went up to my parents' house the other week, I had two people in the back of my car. It's the first time I've ever done it with four people in the car, and I was genuinely <sighs> concerned. And it was... And it is... Every time I do it, I, like... I have to brace myself because I'm not sure Minoru can really do those steep hills all that well, but it's it does manage it eventually. I love the Minoru Suzuki, the oh, casual yeah. Minoru Suzuki reference. Yeah, I I don't want to. I 33% sounds like an exaggeration. I'm going what, there tonight. So I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a photo of it because there's a sign at the bottom of the hill. Really? Yeah. That says 33% incline. Yeah. Holy moly! Because I thought. The way the article made it sound, I read this article very in-depthly because it helped me win an argument, <laughs> <laughs> is that only motorbikes can go up anything more than 30. Mm. It's wow. the, yeah, it's designed for farmers as well, because obviously they're in there, because all the farms are at the top, because they're in their big sort of uh, jeeps and Caterpillar whatnot. tanks. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, stuff like that. Um, right, so do you want to do your iTunes <clears throat> reviews now? I would love to. How many did you do on... Uh, NXT. Uh, I think we did three. Let me have a look over which ones. Uh, yeah, so that bottom one there that said bask in the, bask uh, in its consistency. That was the last one we did. Okay, so we've got a new one in from Pledge Hammer Sarmandali. Oh, I recognise that name. Yeah, good time with the boys. Good time, lovely time with the boys. It's fine. Yes. Yeah, thumbs up emoji, crying with laughter emoji, winking face emoji. A lot of emojis have been coming in. Do you know what's funny? On my computer, the emojis don't show. Mm. They just show up as those little squares or little rectangles oh, to show that there should be an emoji there, but we don't know what that emoji that's is. Sad. Mostly because I'm afraid to update my iTunes now and I lose everything. <laughs> And the battery life of all your associated products will be slashed in <laughs> exactly. half. So I'm just going to read some random ones. Please do. Scott Hamilton says, on the 23rd of December, support WrestleTalk, one of the best and most consistent podcasts out there with two great hosts Aww. whose natural chemistry and banter always makes this an easy and enjoyable listen. Thank you so Aww, much. That's very nice. And NRS655657 Try that for their pin code, everybody. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Thank you, Adi and Luke. After almost 16 years away from wrestling. Wow, 16 years. I I chance on you on YouTube review of last year's Royal Rumble by WrestleTalk. I never listens to a podcast. I never listens to a podcast. All's you gotta do. <laughs> Uh, to a podcast until I took the leap and started listening to the Wrestle Ramble, and I must say, still my only podcast. Wow. So can say it's the best I listen to. Nice. Default. Default. Uh, keep up the consistent rambling as it helps me pass the time going to and from work. Thanks. See, that was only written in December last year. Yeah. There are people out there who don't really know what a podcast is yeah, yeah. or who listen to them. My mum's one of them. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I just think it's we're, we're in a London bubble. No, a Londinium bubble. A Londinium bubble, you might say. Um, let's have some jokes before we get out oh, of uh, here. Oh. Everyone, please go and rate, rate us on iTunes yeah, as five well. five stars, please. It really helps uh, get the, the podcast out there. And we'll read out your ones on the show please do uh, we have some jokes coming from Luke Chor, who essentially had a go at me because I didn't read them out on a previous podcast so he's just copied and pasted them and sent them again so it's then back up into my it's, it's like it's like if you send a tweet to someone and then you like it because they get two notifications um, to make sure that you really look at their tweet then smart move smart move um, but he's jokes that have clearly been made up by him um, 
because <laughs> they're all wrestling based. Um, and it's like, do you know why Laurie had the same haircut and beard style as Sami Zayn? No. He wanted to look more generico. Hmm. That's funny. That's that's good. Why didn't Sami Zayn get a high five? I don't know. Brock Lesnar left him hanging. Also good. I mean, none of these are actually going to make me physically laugh. No. But I appreciate that. Do they all have a connective tissue? They do we not had know. Generico, and of course Generico trains Because Sammy the Zane. first joke is, why didn't a jury show up on Raw? He had a buzzsaw incident. Hmm. Is that a, th- what, a buzzsaw well, incident? Well, it's because he does the buzzsaw kick. Yeah. yeah. But that's not really a pun on anything. Hmm. Love you guys, and I promise, it's a sort of pseudo-promise, hopefully I can follow up on it, to soon be a pledgehammer on Patreon. Now that I'm 16, by the way, Luke, you missed my birthday on the 22nd, I can now get a job and start pledging. Oh, nice. So, happy well, you could, you could have always had a paper round or something. Exactly, so. I had a paper round when I was 13. Never too young to start working. <laughs> you hear that, sweatshops? <laughs> Thank you so, so much for listening. I've got merch to be made. <laughs> I want it cheaper. <laughs> We're going to be back on Tuesday with the Raw review and then on Wednesday with the SmackDown review. Back on Wednesday, Thursday even with the NXT review and then next week for the Saturday Magazine show. We're going to have like a normal um, schedule for the time being until there's a pay for you coming up, which won't be until SummerSlam. Well, but that is a big week. But Summer when Slam. SummerSlam weekend hits, that's a big old week of content. And there's two weeks after that will be all, all out. out stuff. Yep. So yeah, a lo- lot of... Lot of super serving to happen the calm before the storm thank you so so much for listening have a great weekend take care i love you goodbye